God. It doesn't matter what you have. So let's just hold it up and let's all say this together. This is my Bible. I believe what it says. It has the power to transform my faith, my family, and my future. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I'm just so glad to see each and every one of you on today. You know, it's, it's just a blessing to be here on today. It's a blessing just to have life and life more abundantly. So we're going to go ahead and continue on, continue on with our sermon series, Pulling Down Strongholds. Pulling Down Strongholds. Those things in our lives that we sometimes just can't put a finger on it or we wonder why these things aren't going away. We've struggled with them for maybe months or maybe even years, sometimes even since our childhood. But today we're going to, we, well, let's say we started off talking about fasting. Last week, Pastor Wendy spoke on prayer, but today we're going to talk about declaration. Pulling down strongholds through declaration. Now, what is the definition of declaration? It is a formal or explicit statement or announcement. The formal announcement of the beginning of a state or condition. That is a declaration. We declare that strongholds are being pulled down. We declare that strongholds are being pulled down. As you all know that, you know, I started another job and I'm getting to do something I really love and that's driving. I drive trucks or not trucks, my truck. Not my truck, but the company's truck. But anyway, you know, I have a radio CD player, but I decided on this week that rather than just listening to the music or whatever else, I just turned everything off and I just began to quote scriptures. I just quoted scriptures. Whatever scripture could come to mind, I would just quote it. Now, of course, we want to stick to the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want in him. I live and move and have my being. Or another one, I am an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ Jesus. We want to say those kind of scriptures because they build us up. They make us feel good. They have promise to them. But I also began to quote scriptures like, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Let no man say that when he is tempted, he is tempted of God, because God can't tempt anyone, and God will not tempt anyone. But each of us is tempted when they're drawn away in their own lust and enticed. And when lust is finished, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. So why would I want to quote a scripture like that? Because the scriptures that say, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, they build up my spirit man. But those of the scriptures, shall I continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. I got to speak that to my flesh. I've got to speak that to my flesh because guess what? When the trumps, trumpet sounds and we're all carried away, guess that flesh is left here. The flesh don't care. So you got to keep, we have to keep our flesh in check and say, look, I know you want to go to sleep. I know you want to go back and get seconds. I know you want to go and do this and do that. But we've got to speak to our flesh. So I just all this week. I've just been shut the radio off and just start scripture, 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 whatever is in mind. And I'm like, wow, 
I guess I can't remember as much as I could remember. So I just keep quoting the same ones over and over. And I know it's in me, but it just has to come out. So this week for me has been a week of declaration. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16. What scripture? All scripture is given by inspiration of God, because people want to say, well, where does the Bible come from? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and reproof is an expression of blame or disapproval. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. Verse 17. Did I not put 17 in there? Okay, I'm sorry, my apologies. That the man of God or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So all of scripture is for reproof, for correction, and instructions in righteousness. It's there to help us, to change us. Now getting to the next level is going to take even more sacrifice than, than it took to get where you are now. Wherever you are in your walk with Christ, to get to the next level is not going to be easy. But the goal to keep in mind is stop looking at where you are now and how hard it is. But remember where it is you're trying to get to. Remember where it is, why you're, because I remember when Pastor Wendy was going um, to get her bachelor's degree. She spent many a night on the computer staying up to where I had to go sleep in another room because she was working, but she had in mind, if I don't complete this, I don't get a diploma. It's not about how I feel now. It's what I'm trying to do. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Now, no chastening or no chastisement seems to be joyful for the present. You know, when, when you know how it was when you spanked your kids. You know, yeah, well, you know. But it's painful. Or when we got whipped, I'll put it that way. When we got whipped, it didn't seem good at the time, but nevertheless, afterwards, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Can we, can we turn the, uh, it's a little warm in here to me. So nothing in here, I mean, <laughs> none of our chastising, none of the things that God does to say, look, I'm withholding my blessings from you. I'm going to chastise you now. It doesn't feel good right then, but he's doing it. Why? So that we can be better. He does it so that we can learn. Because if we never train up our children in the way they should go, what are they going to depart from? In order to get to the elevation of strength, courage, and tenacity, I want to start off by asking this simple question. When it comes to God's word and the church, when it comes to God's word and the church, next slide please. Am I a goer or a doer? When it comes to, to the church and God's word, am I a goer or am I a doer? Do we just go to church or we, do we do what the word says? What do we do? What do we say when we held up our, our Bibles and our apps? I am what it says I am. But in the end it says, what? That I'm, I do the word of God, not just hearers only. We are doers of the word, not just hearers only. 
all around, all around the world, all over the country, people are going to church services. And when they leave, they're leaving the word right on the pew or right on the seat right beside them, right beside the bulletin, right beside the chewing gum wrappers. They're leaving the word right there with them. Now, <laughs> y'all know uh, a few weeks ago, an uh, incident happened, and uh, I had to go to the hospital. <laughs> and they gave me something. <laughs> and, and, it, and it made me feel good, <laughs> to say the least. I, and I'm going to tell you, I don't remember nothing about that day. I remember very little. <laughs> but oftentimes, when you're in the emergency room or even the doctor's office, They'll give you some pills or a pill, some medication, and then they'll give you what? A prescription and tell you, go get this filled. So we have to make sure that once we leave and you have to go get that prescription filled, we have to make sure that once we leave, we continue to take the medication. We continue to take the word of God throughout the week. Don't just say, oh, well, that was a good message. And then people and we do it all the time. Well, what did they preach on? I don't, I don't know. But it was good. Amen. You remember what you ate? Oh, man, I went to Applebee's yesterday. Man, I had the, the, the shrimp and the lobster. Or I had the baby back ribs. You can remember all that. But we can't remember the word we heard on Sunday morning message. So another question. Next slide I want to ask. Why is it that most people don't get their prescriptions filled? Not why they don't take them, but why don't people get prescriptions filled? Huh? No insurance. It's the cost. The cost. People don't get prescriptions filled because of the cost. But when it comes to this prescription, this prescription, the cost has already been paid. The cost has already been paid. But it does not work if you don't take it. The medicine is sitting right there. But if you don't take it, it's like, well, I can't afford it. You can't afford not to. We can't afford not to take this medicine. Because it's, it's not a matter of, well, I, I, I don't have it. Yes, you do. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Just as those medications have to be filled, we have to be filled. That prescription has to be filled and it has to be taken every day. So then let me ask you this. What do you believe? What do you believe? Next slide, please. Either way, if you let people talk long enough, you'll figure out which end of the pier they're on. Let people talk long enough and you'll figure out they'll tell on themselves. Now, they want a big fish, but let's say it's one of those piers where you have to pay to fish. And they won't even go as far as paying for it. They just want to stand there where you can just barely see the sand touching the water. And you think you're going to catch this great big old marlin or a puppy drum or some other great fish. No, you've got to go to the deep end. You've got to go to the deep end of the, of the pier in order to catch the big fish. So... You let people talk long enough, they say, well, you know, yeah, you know, it was good, but that don't apply to me. Well, you know, my situation is different. 
Everybody's situation is different. But, the, but God knew us even before we were formed in our mother's womb. He knew about your situation that come this day what you would be facing, what you would be up against. But his word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. God knew that you would be in this situation. All of a sudden, we're surprised. But everything you've been doing in life, God has been preparing you just for this. And I'm full of questions today. Next question. True or false? The truth will set you free by way of hands. True or false? True? True. False? Ho, ho, ho. True? True, true, true. Let me get my true hand. Get my, get my, get my true hands up. True? Okay, those are, okay, now false. The truth will set you free, says false. Okay. The answer to the question is? Somebody? It's false. The truth will not set you free. Really? Yes. Because imagine you, you have something or something you bought, and you go back to the store and you say, you know, I realize I really don't want this or it doesn't fit or I got the wrong color, the wrong size. You know, I got two of these. So you take it back to the store and say, I want a, uh, I want a refund. And they say, okay, fine. Let me have your receipt. Oh, man. I got to have a receipt. I thought y'all take this stuff back. Y'all are the ones that sell it. You know this came from your store. Yes, sir. But without a receipt, I can't give you money back. So you snatch up that bag. And you put yourself in there and you walk out to the parking lot like, man, that was, that was like $30 that I was counting on I would get back. But had you known that they can't refund it, but they will give you an in-store credit. You did not know the policy, so it doesn't apply to you. You did not take advantage of what it was. The truth will not set you free if you don't know the truth. The truth, if the truth will set you free, then everyone would be free. You have to, to know the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So what I'm saying is, since we're talking about declaring, you have to declare the truth over your life. You have to declare the word of God over your life. And until you declare it, you will not be free. You will not be free. 1863, who was... Who was born in 1863? Nobody? Nobody? I see some gray hairs in here. Anybody know? In 1863, President Abraham Lincoln, or oh, somebody just got a jab on the side like, girl, go on, tell them. <laughs> you know it's your birthday. <laughs> in 1863, President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, thereby freeing all the slaves. But it wasn't until two and a half years later, in June of 1865, that General Granger rode into Texas and, and declared, declared, declared to a group of slaves, y'all didn't know you were free. It's like nobody told us. And thereby we celebrate Juneteenth. Because there was a small group of slaves who were still bound. They were still working on the farms, and there are different speculations of why it took two and a half years. But they did not know the truth, therefore they were not free. And we are free in Christ Jesus. But until you declare your freedom, you are not free.
Once you have been, as I believe it's Galatians, it's like once you have been set free, don't go back into the yoke of bondage. We have been set free, but until you declare it. Okay, I'm not going to do this for real, but I'm, a, I'm getting ready to eat this pen. But before I eat this pen, I'm going to pray over it. All right? Y'all excuse me. All right, so I can eat the pen, right? Did I pray over the pen? What did I say? God, don't let me kill me. Please don't make me eat this pen. What else? Did I pray a prayer? You don't know. I did not. Pr- I thought about it. That's all that was. I thought about it. When we declare, we have to speak. To think about something is meditation. We have to declare. It's like, girl, you go back and get your money from Walmart. Well, what are you going to do? Well, look, I got somewhere I got to be. What are you going to do? You haven't declared anything. Declare, well, I'm going back in the store and at least get an in-store credit. So God is saying, open up your mouth and declare that these strongholds in your life are coming down. Don't just think about the strongholds. Don't just think about your declaration. Speak it out your mouth. My first point is this. There is no independence without a declaration. There is no independence without a declaration. So what is declaration? Oh, I already gave that. I'm sorry. I gave that um, definition at the beginning. Isaiah 26 and 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Because he or she trusts in you. And you know, for years and years and years, I'm like, man, the Bible says he'll keep me in perfect peace when, I'm, when my mind is stayed on him. But it's like, how come I ain't got no peace? How come I ain't got the peace that this is talking about? Because the one key word that I was missing stayed on him. Not just, hey, Jesus, morning, Lord. He will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not bragging on myself. I just thank God. But like, like I said, the things that I was declaring while I'm driving, that's keeping our mind stayed on him. Now, granted, depending on the job you have or whatever it is you're doing, it's hard to think about scriptures and verses and, and even a song. While you're doing multitasking. Because we think we can, but we really can't. We try to, but we can't. But as much as you can, keeping your mind stayed on him is going to give you that perfect peace. I don't know how Sister Nikki is going to do what she's doing, but she's keeping her mind stayed on him. And when the day comes, the doors are going to open and the customers are going to come in saying, where have you been all my life? In the name of Jesus. And we are declaring that. In the name of Jesus. God provides us with so many things. And and also, I'm sorry, let me go back. The psalmist even said, David said, Blessed is the man who walks not 
in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delights is in the law of the Lord, and in it he what? Meditates day and night. We've got to meditate on the word. We've got to declare the word over our lives. God wants to give us peace, not because he's our savior, because people will call other people their savior. People will call other people their savior. You're interviewing somebody on the news or someone's being interviewed on channel 10 or 13 or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I was in my house catching it caught on fire. I don't know what was happening. Next thing I know the window got busted out and the fireman came in and he saved me. Oh, he's my savior. Your savior is someone who rescues you or gets you out of a situation that you don't need to be in or you want to get out of. That can be your savior. But can that be your Lord? Jesus said, many people will call me Lord. Or why do you call me Lord and not do what I tell you to do? Why do you call me Lord? We can't call him Lord and we're not following what he says to do. You're willing to call that person you give rent to your landlord because guess what? If they tell you you can't hang pictures on the wall, you have to take out your trash. That's your landlord. You have rules to abide by. So when Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you have to you have to consider me. I have to be Lord over your life. And you have to declare that he can't just be savior. He has to be Lord. My second point, don't wait on your request, make your request. You know, in the bereavement workshop, one of the first myths that Dr. Brown said is that, um, oh man, it was just on the tip of my head, moan on my tongue because I would have said it. But she talked about how long it should take to get over whatever it is we're grieving and that in just a certain amount of time, we should be over it. People have often said over the years, well, these things have a way of working themselves out. But who's, well, but who's making it happen? Is your boss going to work out your problems for you? Your cousin? Your boo? Who's going to work it out? How are all these things just going to work themselves out? Because if you're thinking that your paycheck is just going to automatically get bigger, Uncle Sam is going to keep taking his money. The state's going to keep taking their money. Your landlord's going to keep taking your money. Dominion Energy, everybody else is going to keep taking your money. So how are these things just going to work themselves out? No, we have to have a, play, a, a plan in place. Psalms 139, beginning at verse 1. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. Next. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. And let me stop right there. God understands my thoughts. Remember I was talking about eating a pen? He understands what I'm thinking, but he wants us to declare it. I already know what you're thinking, but I need to hear you say it. And I want to cover that in just a minute. Next verse, please. You comprehend my path. And my lying down. You are acquainted with 
all my ways. Verse 4, finally. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Wherever it is, and, and this is probably my most favorite song. Because David goes on to say, you know, if I go to the uttermost parts of the sea, you're there. Wherever I lay my head down, you're there. When in my rising in the morning, you're with me. Even if I make my bed in the pits of hell, thou art with me. Behold the eyes of the Lord in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Wherever we go, I don't care how dark the room is, God is with us. David makes it clear that wherever we are, God is with us. It's so easy, and I'm just saying humanly, it's so easy to get frustrated with a child because they'll cry and they'll point at something they, something they want. And then what do, you, what do you do? You say, stop crying and tell me what you want. Don't we? I don't know what you want. Tell me, stop crying and tell me what you want. And guess what? As an adult, you know what the child wants. But you want them to say it out of their own mouth. You want to hear them say, I want a cookie so you can tell them no, right? <laughs> but whatever it is, you know, they say, I want some water. I want some juice. I want a snack. But stop crying and tell me what you want. And God's saying, stop crying and tell me what you want. Stop waiting on your request. Make your request. Until we begin to declare some things, don't, don't expect that it's just going to work itself out. How many of you do online banking? You do some type of banking online. Do you automatically assume that just because you write a check or you swipe your card, it automatically comes out? No, you check it to make sure that the bank took out or they didn't take out unnecessary fees and unnecessary charges. So don't assume that, oh, in due time, yes, God, God made our bodies that they would heal themselves. Cuts, bruises, small things like that. But some things we've got to go to the doctor and let them be fixed. Let them be corrected. They are not going to just work themselves out. So you've got to declare and decree over your own life what the Lord is saying. Philippians 4 and 6, very familiar. Be anxious about nothing but in everything. By prayer, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your what? Your request. God, I want a cookie. And some milk. I want a cookie. And some milk. And God says, I will give you. But if we just cry and point, God saying, you're not getting it. Until you open your mouth. Some things. Now God. You know God is good. Sometimes he, he says. You know something. I just want to bless you. So go on. I'm going to make the light turn green for you. <laughs> and the light just turns green. But if you want your mountains to be moved. According to Mark 11 and 23. If you want your mountain to be moved. Jesus said have faith in God. Therefore you have to speak to the mountain. And tell it to be cast into the sea. 
But you want, we want mountains move, but we'll never open our mouth. God, I thought my boss was going to take off today. What's he doing here? He's plucking my nerves. You're supposed to be on vacation. Yeah, but I had to come in. No, you didn't have to come in. You could have stayed late yesterday. See, ain't nobody in here happy. You here. <laughs> and I, I thank God I've never had a boss like that in the last two weeks. Um, but we've got to make our request known. We've got to make our request known. Jesus taught us to ask for things in his name. Ask for things in his name. Not think about things in Jesus' name. He will give us the desires of our heart, but we've got to ask for them. And it's not that he's going to give us everything we think about. Because if we had everything we thought about, We'd be in a big mess. So that's why we can't just think about praying for the pen before we eat it. Because if our thoughts gave us everything we wanted, how many of y'all would be living in a house, 17 bedrooms, 30 bathrooms, TV screens, you know, 175-inch screen TV, we think about stuff, but guess what? You're not going to get it. You are not going to get it. And you're not going to get some things in life you are just not going to get until you ask for them. You think your boss is just going to walk in and say, you know something? I just like you. I'm going to just give you a raise. Yeah, those happen. Don't get me wrong because Sister Esther is a testament to that. Sometimes God just blesses you. And maybe you prayed that prayer before, and, and it's like, I prayed that prayer a long time ago. And God's like, well, today is the day. Today is the day. But just don't think that, that somebody's just going to walk in and say, I just want to, I'm just going to give you a raise and no one else. Because I know you go to church, and you're a doer, not just a goer. <clears throat> not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Let me have that next slide, please. Our request, and I'm explaining this, our request from our mouth is a confirmation from our heart that declares we desire a certain thing. Our request from our mouth is the confirmation from our heart because our heart thinks a lot of things. It, it meditates on a lot of things, but our mouth is the confirmation. Like those of you who have been in the military, and I, I think about the Navy, we got to launch a missile, a missile. But before we launch this missile, we've got to get permission from the commander in chief. You know, a while back, you know, they asked President Trump, well, do you want to uh, launch a missile? And I think it was on Iran or whoever. And he said, no, I consider the lives that would have been at, at stake. The people that we would have killed if we would have launched that missile. So the confirmation had to go through our commander in chief. And he said, no. So your mouth has to be that confirmation of what your heart or your mind is thinking. So let's think about it. And the mouth says, you want to say it? Yeah. And the heart says, yeah. The mouth says, are you sure? Yep. Go ahead and say it. Hey, you're stupid. <laughs> oh, did I say that? 
That's what, that was the certain thing that you desired to say. You desired to tell them you're stupid. <laughs> but don't try to pull it back. The mouth is the last line of defense. But until we begin to speak it, the mouth is the confirmation when you speak it. But until you speak it, there is no confirmation. You cannot get the process moving until we speak it, until we declare it. And this is my last point. Stay clear of corruption. When we declare a thing, stay clear of corruption. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. It says, let no corrupt word or words proceed out of your mouth. But what is good and necessary edification or building up that it may impart grace to the hearers. What proceeds out of your mouth, let it be good for necessary edification for building up that it may impart grace to the hearers. So who are the hearers? Everyone outside of your body. Everyone outside of your body, aside from yourself. So let's, let's use that word. Let's define that word corrupt. Let no corrupt communication, evil or morally depraved, in a state of decay, rotten or putrid. Now, y'all know, ooh, man, the other day I, I was outside somewhere, and I could, I could just tell it was a dead fish somewhere. I don't know where it came from because there won't no water nowhere around, but I know a dead fish. But that's what corrupt is. Think about the things that we say out of our mouths that are rotten and putrid. And they stink. Made unreliable by errors or alterations. Made unreliable by errors or alterations. We can't be so small-minded to think that when the scripture says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, I didn't curse. I didn't curse one single word. You tell me what I said, that even if my child or my grandmother or my mother was sitting right there, she would say that you said any profanity. No. We can't limit it to say that corrupt communication is just restricted to those four-letter words. God blesses us. He has riches and glory he wants to bestow upon us, but based upon our declaration, we alter and we make errors. God's like, well, if you don't want it, if you don't want to receive it, I'm not going to give it to you. Because you're telling everybody else, well, my situation ain't never going to change. It's, it's always going to be like this. This is the way I was born. My daddy was like this, my uncle was like this, and I'm like this. In the eyes of God, in the ears of God, that is corrupt communication. You're corrupting the word of God because who is it to? It's to, who does it say? The hearers. The hearers. The great prophet can come to town or the evangelist comes and they can speak a word of you, over you, but until you receive it, and declare it for your own life. It's not going to happen. 
But what I like about that last part, and I'm almost done. It says, made unreliable by errors or alterations. Let me have that last slide, please. Sadly, people don't come to Christ because our errors and alterations in their minds have made the Bible unreliable. Go back to that scripture again, please. It says that it may impart grace to the hearers. Good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Think about what Jesus did. Did he do it in the church? Did he do it in the temple? No, he was out amongst the people in the marketplace. That's where we are. In the marketplace. Go back to that last slide again. Thank you so much. But people don't want to come to Christ because of our errors. How we alter what God's intentions are for our lives. Remember we talked about some things only come by prayer and fasting. But we don't want to pray. We, don't, we definitely don't want to fast. But people don't. People don't want to come to Christ because they're like, so what church do you go to? What are they teaching you over there? That you act like this and those kind of things come out of your mouth. I can't stand him. We say all kinds of things. We're driving and we're in traffic and the kids, the kids in the backseat covering their ears up. They should have never came in my, they all up in my lane. Get off the phone. I mean, we've got to be, we've got to be witnesses. Roll your windows down and say that again. We are, the Bible says, we are living epistles. Living. We're not dead. You've not been enshrined. You haven't been entombed or anything. You are a living epistle. So are we going to make some declarations about our lives? Because if you don't believe in you, I can't believe in you. If you don't want to get to, a no to the next level, I can't get you to the next level. You've got to warn it and you've got to declare it. Just simply thinking about it is not going to make it happen. So I'm going to ask everyone to go ahead and stand to your feet because I'm done. This is not one of those altar call kind of messages. But I, will, I always tell everyone, well, I try to remind everyone that we will never deny anyone prayer for any reason. If it has nothing to do with this message, we want to pray for you. But this type of message is one that you've got to learn and you've got to take. Just like that medication, the prescription needs to be filled. And it is filled. How many of you are filled? All right. Amen. So you, but you've got to keep taking it. You've got to keep taking it. Oh, well, I feel better. You've got to keep taking it. We want to thank all of our viewers who watched with us and joined us on today for this message on declaration. It's so important that we declare good things, not evil.
Not praying prayers or making statements of condemnation over people. Wishing evil and not good. But we should speak those things which bring life and bring health and bring strength. Even to your enemies. As Jesus declared. But we thank you as we declare even on today. That the things in your life that you have been asking God for. Since you have prayed those prayers. As Paul said, with thanksgiving, continue to declare that God has already done it, that it is done in the spirit realm. Even for those loved ones that you are praying for their salvation, we're declaring and giving thanksgiving that they will open their eyes and God will open their hearts to the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice he made. So we just just want to pray with you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for every viewer, no matter their age, no matter where they're from, no matter what state they're in, here in Virginia or other parts of the country or even the world. We are declaring life and that more abundantly. Even though the thief comes to kill and destroy, Jesus came that we would have life and that more abundantly. And that his grace abound over your life from this day forth in Jesus name amen we pray that if you do not do not have a church then go wherever wherever you are go and find a church that's teaching the word of God a place that you can feel free to worship and honor God thank you again until you join us again amen we love you Now, this is our declaration for today. Let's go back to our first slide again. This is my Bible. I'm not going to pray a prayer. You know, we, we have our faith confessions that we make during our time of offering. But this is my Bible. I believe what it says. Do you really believe what it says? Do you really believe because, you know, we just celebrated, the nation has celebrated, you know, um, Apollo 11. And, you know, there are people that still believe to this day that we never went in outer space. They're like, oh, man, they're in Area 51. But then you don't believe Area 51 exists. But do we really believe that Moses held up his staff and parted the Red Sea? Do you really believe that Lazarus was raised after being dead for three days? Do you believe that one man came and he was whipped, bled, and died for your salvation? But this has the power to transform. And let me say that. It has the power. But will the truth set you free? No. Until you declare that this power is in me. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think according to the power that works in you. It has the power, but you have to release that power. Next. Now let's all say this together. My faith, my family, and my future. Not just today. There's somebody maybe facing something on tomorrow and not looking forward to it. There may be somebody who doesn't want to go home today. 
for whatever reason. But God is concerned about your future. He doesn't want to just give you manna for today. He wants to give you an abundance. Why? Because it makes him look good. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So let's say all of these together. First slide, please. Thank you, Sister Holly. This is my Bible. I believe what it says. It has the power to transform my faith, my family, and my future. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I encourage each and every one of you. If all I'm telling you, if all you know right now, if the only thing that comes to your mind is, for God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son just for me, Lord, I thank you. You know, I can't remember all that scripture. Re repeat what you can. If you can't remember scripture, sing a word-based song. And what I mean by a word-based song, you know, I remember this song. Struggling, straining, struggling. I'm not struggling, no. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but guess what? I know you're with me and your rod and staff are going to comfort me. Sing a song that, that encourages you and lifts up the name of Jesus. But you've got to start declaring. Don't keep thinking about it. Start saying it out your mouth. Is that lady crazy? No, she ain't crazy. Something wrong with her? No, ain't nothing wrong with her. So thank you all so much. And I just believe right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that everyone that has heard this word in this place, Holy Spirit, seal this word. That it is sown into good soil. And it's going to bring forth a fruit of righteousness. Even the chastisement, which seems hurtful or painful at the time Lord it will bring forth a fruit of righteousness in the name of Jesus Lord God I thank you for everyone every partner every guest that's here on today Lord that their lives are going to the next level in Jesus name amen hallelujah do we have any prayers anyone need prayer for anything in their, any area of their life Amen.
Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to speak victory during the test. And no matter how you feel, speak the word and you will be healed. Speak over yourself and correct yourself in the Lord. Some To speak over yourself. The pressure is all around, but God is a present help. The enemy created walls, but remember, giants they do fall. Speak over yourself. Encourage yourself. Hear the Lord. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to speak victory during the test. And no matter how you feel, speak the word and you will be healed. Speak over yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Verse 3. You have to speak over yourself. Sometimes you have to speak victory during the test. And no matter how you feel, speak the word and you will be healed. Speak over yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Bridge three. As I minister to you. Oh, I minister to myself. Life can hurt you so. Do you feel there's nothing left of you? Chorus 3. No matter how you feel, speak the word and you will be healed. Speak Chorus 3. And you feel, speak the word and you will be healed. Speak Chorus two, three. Encourage yourself. Be over yourself. Speak over yourself. 
Oh, I'm encouraged. Oh, I'm Tag encouraged. Three. I'm encouraged. Yes, I am. I'm encouraged. Oh, I'm encouraged. Speak Tag three. Speak over yourself. Speak over yourself. Speak over yourself. Speak over yourself. Oh, you speak over. Speak over yourself. Declare the word over your situation. Speak Tag over three. yourself. Speak the word over yourself. Declare the word in your situation. Speak that word over that situation right now. Declare the word, declare the word, declare the word over your life. Tag three. Declare the word over your life. Oh, the word works today. Speak positivity over your life right now. Be encouraged. God's work will perform. It'll accomplish what it is designed to do. Speak over yourself. Declare the word over your life. Speak, 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 speak. Speak that word over your life. Speak. Speak the word. Tag three. I'm encouraged. Oh, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Ooh. Oh, I'm encouraged. Oh. Tag three. Oh, Lord. I believe your word. I believe your word. Yes, I do. I'm encouraged. Chorus two, three. I'm encouraged. Oh, I'm encouraged by your word today, God. I'm encouraged by your word on today. I'm encouraged that I can do this thing on today, oh God. I'm not going to give up, but I'm encouraged, oh God. Chorus two, three. Oh, I'm holding on to you, Lord. I'm encouraged, Lord. I'm holding on, I'm holding on, I'm holding on. Yes, I am. I'm seeing better things come to pass in my life, oh God. Chorus 2, 3. You're faithful, yes, you are. You're faithful, yes, you are, oh God. 
I'm encouraged, yes I am. Oh God, I'm encouraged, yes I am. Chorus two, three. I'm encouraged, oh God. Are you encouraged today? Are you encouraged today? Encourage yourself on today. Encouraged, encouraged. Oh. Tag three. I'm encouraged. Ooh. Ooh, I'm encouraged. Speak over yourself. Encourage yourself. Chorus two, three. Speak over your life right now for you. Speak over, speak over, speak over. Speak over yourself. Chorus two, three. Speak, speak, Lord. You gotta speak it. You gotta speak it out of your mouth. You gotta speak it over your mouth. Yes, you do. Encourage yourself. Oh, end three. Speak over yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Oh. 